are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! Alright, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Movie news. Movie news. Kind of, right? What is that? <laughs> that was the theme song to Movie News. Your right, new we got nightly some... movie news program. We got some guests. Some guests. Aaron, Andrea, and Kira are all here in the studio. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here. I don't really understand what I'm supposed to be doing. That's good. Perfect place to start. All, right. all we're going to do is talk about movies that we've seen recently. James and I, recently, inherently realize <laughs> that we're not going to be able to see all the same all the movies that each other see all the time right our tastes are different you know i have netflix you don't know what a television is <laughs> so we just have to we just have to make things work sometimes so we're going to do little short snippets where we're going to get more people involved so we can talk about other movies that we might not have complete commonality across the board. There you go. So without further ado, we're going to do some uh, moderately rapid reviews here of recent movies that people have seen. And with that, what you watching? Well, I know that Aaron has seen this movie, so let, we'll give give Aaron and I a second. Justice League, Aaron. Justice League. Give me your thoughts. Looks like shit. How was it? <laughs> I didn't uh, see it. Bad. <laughs> Better than Batman versus Superman. Easy to do. But less interesting. Hard to do. Fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, if I had to do a quick review of it, it's from DC, way too little, way too late. They're clearly trying to do damage control at this point and course correct for all their mishandling of all the previous movies. And what they present is such a simple, stupid, just... CGI mess that like yeah of course it's not as bad as the other ones before it but it's 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 just such a desperate like you want to pat them on the head at this point right like okay nice nice try like you oh okay you're trying this one was directed by Zack Snyder again right kind of kind of kind of uh so Zack Snyder started to direct it oh he got fired right he didn't get fired this is the only time this will probably ever happen he left the movie willingly because of a um, family issue oh that's yeah. right. So it's it's exactly what you would expect a movie that is half made by Zack Snyder and half made by Joss Whedon to look like. Ew, what? Joss, they brought in the cesspool of Joss Whedon to clean the up? The Avengers guy. Wow. Oh, that's terrible. And you yeah. can even tell which scenes were cut, were, were filmed and whatnot by which of the two. Oh the the best part of it, too, <clears throat> is that uh, Henry Cavill, the guy who plays uh, Superman, which, spoilers, apparently, Superman's in the movie again. Um, Get I know, right? <laughs> He's back already, folks. He, yeah, I they swear, shot you're the original about the mustache thing, aren't you? Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah. Christ. They shot the original uh, scenes. That's all I keep hearing. Henry Cavill goes off uh, to do Mission Impossible Seventeen, yep. uh, and then they're like, "Hold on, we need you back so that you can do some more scenes for reshoots." And the guys who are doing the Mission Impossible movie, they say, "All right, that's fine. He's keeping the mustache he's got on." And they say, "No." Superman doesn't have a mustache. That's not possible. It doesn't work. And they say, too bad. So he was contractually obligated to keep his mustache, so they CG'd it out of every scene he was in? Every scene that was a reshoot that he was in. It's Jesus. obvious when it... When it yeah. It's So I've heard a lot about it. It's not as terrible as everyone no. makes it out to be. So it this, looks bizarre. This movie's so 
not interesting that we're talking about a CG'd mustache. <laughs> to, to give you a sense of the movie. That's the only thing we, that's the talking point we have for this. To give you a I'm sense of the you movie. one more minute. <laughs> Batman is gathering superheroes for no particular reason. Yeah. Uh, a monster from space teleports in and someone says, ah, his name. And that's the introduction to the antagonist. Classic. Uh, they fight him once a little bit, and then they're just like, I guess we should try something different. They dig up Superman's corpse. Yep. And reanimate it. Yep. Who reanimates it? With magic. A box. A magic box. One of the mother boxes. Don't worry uh, about it. Superman is mildly box. angry and mother fights box. them for a second until he doesn't. He's angry that he was brought back to life. That's very Buffy-esque. Sure. Because he's not like natural or something. He's just, he's just That's what happened when Buffy was brought back to life. Then they, Joss Whedon. I'm sad I missed They go and fight this alien who's in Russia. They never establish where it is. Yeah, uh, They save a family of three people. To find me. And then Superman punches the bad guy. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Until he goes to the moon. And then the movie's over. Wow, I was going to say, I was just getting so bored of, like, listening to whatever you were just... Yeah. Imagine <laughs> sitting in a theater for two hours and watching it happen. That sounds horrible. Kyle's garbage. Let's move on. How would you Shocking. grade it? D. C plus. Ugh. C plus. That's savagely... It's, it's passing, but no average. one's happy about it. That's depressing. Andrea... Have you seen any movies recently? Uh, I saw the newest Blade Runner. Yeah, me too. Who else saw it? I did. I did. You did. I did not. You're the only one that did really? it. Really? I've talk never seen the original. Let's spoil uh, everything about it. Let's talk Blade Runner for a minute. Then. Go for it. I liked it. I, I too liked it. I was surprised that I liked it. I was expecting it to be bad and too flashy, but it was actually quite good. Why'd you expect it to be bad? It's a remake. <laughs> Wait, it's a sequel. There, well, there same was a, a slow head turn into the revelation that was it's a remake. Duh, face. Well, I thought face. it was going to be a remake. I didn't know it was a sequel until I walked into it. And regardless, either or, it could still very well be bad. Most sequels are bad. Had both of you seen and the, been like 20 years. the original? Yes. yes. Before you saw it, okay. Multiple cuts. Kira, you had not seen the original before we saw the new one, correct? Correct. So that was an interesting experiment for me because I love the original one. It's one of my favorite movies. So having seen it as a standalone film, what did you think of it with no context? With no context, I thought it was a really interesting story and I thought it was well done and it had tons of money so it could be well done, <laughs> huge following and everything. But then when we watched the original, I thought that was more impactful. Stronger movie with um, just, I guess, for the time too, more of a more revolutionary. Thank you, revolutionary. Yeah, with the the story. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I thought it was well done. Yeah. I I the only thing that detracted for me from it was the linearity of the storyline. I feel like one of the coolest things about the original Blade Runner is that there's kind of like this foggy, artistic, like, strange, non-linear kind of confusing narrative, like, where you actually have to be paying attention, and they just, like, show up someplace, and you're like, wait, where are they now? Why the hell are these people there? And then through the context of listening to their dialogue and what's going on, 
then you start to understand more of what's happening with the story as it goes along. And this one just had too much of the classic uh, script narration, basically. Now we shall walk over here. <laughs> Should we go over there? Yes, let us move there with our feet to go there. Are we looking for something? Yes, what will we find? And that was bothersome to me. But well, So yeah, you were you were unhappy uh-huh. that the movie wasn't confusing and obtuse? But I think that that's what makes the original Blade Runner so charming, is that it's, it's very much an interpretation piece, but there is a super clear narrative when you piece it together and when you look at what it is. It makes... I don't know that that's true. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's definitely one of those movies that you have to pay attention to actually mm-hmm. get what's happening. They don't and hand it you, to you don't actually even need to know everything exactly to the detail. Well, I felt like this newer version is very much in the newer style that movies are made now. Right. Yeah. And it had a lot of tie backs, and especially with the visuals of the older one, but. This was like a was police different. procedural as opposed to like a David Lynchian yes. police procedural, which would yes. have been like Blade Runner. Like a, a very strange art interpretation, visionary aspect. Yeah. The first like twelve minutes of Blade Runner are some strange uh, synthesizer symphony flying through desolate, burned-out Los Angeles with just like imagery and everything. You know, and that's all you get from that. And then this one tried to do that at different points too, but it just... well, that's the problem is that the original Blade Runner is really hard to watch. Can't wait for you to lend it to me, Kyle. <laughs> I, it's not that hard to watch. I think it's really. Lovely. I think it's hard to understand. The I first don't think time it's hard to understand. Well, which kind have you seen? Well, I mean, I saw the, not the one with the voiceover, the, the one with the unicorn. The director's cut. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's just like the there's five one. minutes of enhancing on things. Just what did like, you think was hard to watch about it? The the enhancing, I actually fell asleep during that part. <laughs> Um, the where he's got like the picture and he's like oh, oh, you've enhanced. forgotten yeah, about yeah. it no 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 I just I, I thought you said a dance scene <laughs> no you did not <laughs> yeah, I, did. I, I like, thought you said the ant scene, scene. Oh, I'm like what ant there's no ant oh my god I saw a very different cut that was about dancing ants yeah the enhanced but the enhanced I think is, uh, is it was like, actually just a bug's life that someone had scribbled in Blade Runner. <laughs> the enhanced sequence is your classic, you know, noir piece where the the dude is like just going about his business and is like giving up, and then he discovers something secret in something that he's just using to like occupy his time and his boredom and everything. So I think that those pieces are all necessary and they build character throughout. But we can disagree on this, and that's fine. That's true. What did you think of the old Blade Runner when you watched it? Um, After the new one? I thought that there was just something more provocative about it, and that there was something creepier about it. It was just... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I liked it more. I the new one definitely felt slicker. It felt like a more modern movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't very satisfied with the ending, but... More creative I, I like that it danced away from my expectations like the fact that they didn't mull over the question of like is he a replicant or not it is very quickly said yep the best thing that they ever did I don't know if they said yep but they what they did do was they brought up those same things and they posed those same questions and it didn't alter or fuck up the original at all in yeah. terms of like the lore or the story or anything it's a perfect addition without 
like retroactively dumping on anything else. Which was, I can say when I walked in the theater, the only thing I cared about, honestly, was like, I'm seeing this, and all I hope is that it doesn't destroy anything about it. I agree. That's pretty much how I walked into it. I mean, I, I, I felt it was a stretch that she gave live birth. I was like, what? How? Genetically? What? She she has a <laughs> manufacture code on her pelvis. Like, really? Okay, yeah. so this is a question I have for you guys. When I had always heard about Blade Runner before this, and even when I saw the movie, I had assumed that the replicants were actually, like, robotic. Like, they had some sort of robot parts, and they were just, had, like, the flesh of a human They're over them. way more advanced than, like, the Terminator. Which so, I feel like is what you're thinking. Yeah, that's what I imagined in my <laughs> head. In this one, they very clearly established like they are totally human. They just have like barcodes. The on new their model bones. is the original one. Presumably, whatever the first Nexus model was was like whatever their prototype of like android human was. And then in the first one, I think they're like on the Nexus Four series or something. So there's bioengineering involved with it. James looks like he's about to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! So grade the new Blade Runner. Aaron, what do you think? Uh, A minus. A minus? Nice. Yeah, I give it an A minus. Sure. B plus. A minus, A minus, B plus, A minus. Uh, A minus. A minus. I wish that more people went to see it. Yeah, me too. Instead of fucking Justice League. Vote with your dollars. <laughs> Nobody went to see Justice League there. anyways. You're paying for more Justice League to show up. I bought a ticket for Murder on the Orient Express when I saw Justice League. I'm not giving the idea of supporting Gal Gadot my money. Oh. Fuck that. Nice. Ooh, we cool. talked about this already. Did anybody see that. Murder in the Orient Express? I've yes. seen the old one. Have you seen the new one? I saw the new one. All right, let's talk about that one. What do you think? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we we put in a call to uh, Movie Pod recently. Yeah. And Carl. Yeah, Carl pitched it, right? Carl, well, no, Carl pointed out the huge fucking plot hole. Oh, that's right, yeah. I feel like the owner of Movie Pod is tapping into us a little bit too much. Yeah, me too. I have a question for Murder on the Orient Express fans. <clears throat> you pointed at me. Aaron. <clears throat> <clears throat> fan. Big fan. Why, why <laughs> didn't they just throw his ass out of the moving train window? Done. You make it look like a suicide. You don't have to worry about any of this shit. Because then you wouldn't have a movie. I have a question. <laughs> why not update this story at all so... Instead of rehashing the same revolutionary film noir plot point from a 30s novel made into a super famous 70s movie into this movie now, instead of just literally remaking it with your cast of bungling international <laughs> stars so they can paint it as some god-awful portrait of artistic interpretation... What are we doing here? There's no reason to remake this. I was so mad when I saw the trailer for this. Absolutely. You were mad. Good point. I also have a question. How does the greatest detective in the world, spoilers, not hear 16 people murder someone to death by stabbing (laughs) them while he's sitting next door? Yeah. That's that's a good question. 16 people stab somebody? Oh, it's like 11. Why? Yeah, I'm not Was even... Just, I don't even know how many people are on this. I'm offended that Aaron said spoilers for a story that's like nearly 100 years old now. But, yes, basically... Why did they stab Spoiler you? alert! A whole bunch of people get together and they like plan to murder one person. Why? 
Because the brothers are bad. Fucking assholes. Oh, they're bad. But he was a gangster. They're bad. He's a bad guy. He was a gangster. Why do they have to stab him? Why can't yeah? Why can't they throw him out the window? Because they have an emotional reaction. They all need to see the life uh, drain from his eyes Mm. when they all stab him at the same time. (laughs) Why do all those people have like some kind of attachment to him? And it's just, like ruin their life in some way. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It's almost comical when it happens too, because they're in this tiny little train cabin, and there's just sixteen or <laughs> eleven, fourteen people holding him down, each taking turns just stabbing oh. him. And it was just like it. They show them all shuffling into the room together. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like everyone's there. They're holding him down, like. <laughs> And then this detective is just sitting next door and he's like, huh. And the, de- the detective is writer, or writer, director, star, Kenneth Branagh, right? What is he famous for? I feel like they play that up, that this famous guy is making this movie. He was in he's, a lot of Shakespeare yeah, adaptations. Yeah, he's directed and, and starred in a lot of Shakespeare adaptations. Awesome. So and did, pretty good. did stage work before and stuff. But I know him most pertinently from Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, where he played Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> had you guys seen the original movie? No, I, I hadn't read the book or anything. Why, I, did you, why did you go see it, James? Because the honey baby wanted to see it. Oh. How, what did she think? She liked it. I had no idea about the story, and so I had no idea how any of it goes. Mm. And so when I see the, when I see the, the story developing, and they kill this guy and they leave him there and a couple of sounds go off and they make everybody like and the train of course gets stopped yeah I'm like who the fuck would ever agree to this because Apparently imagine imagine imagine, imagine this imagine this is, wrong, this is like a rehashing of our movie pod but I like to do this imagine the five of us sitting here right now in this movie in this podcast studio decide we want to go kill somebody right would you ever agree to a plot that Keeps all of us in the spot on the murder scene with no chance of escaping and evidence everywhere. Or would you come up with a better plan to kill this motherfucker? Only if Making we bring it look like 12 more people in this plan. Yeah, I'm not, I won't be content unless 20 people are stabbed. You still have a chance of being considered the, the perpetrator. To be moderately fair to this story, they did make a point at the beginning of the movie. They said, no, the whole train's full. There's no place for you. It's just us here. To be moderately fair to the story, they should have not remade the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. on. How would you grade it? Eh. 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 B right. minus. B e. minus. B minus. Yeah. I'm sticking with an eh. Eh. Right. Eh out of ten. E-H. What other movie? What have you seen recently? <laughs> and um, was it with me? Yes. I was just <laughs> looking at movies that came out this year and I really liked Baby Driver. Did you guys see oh, Baby yeah. Driver? I thought it looked too much like Drive and I was offended. Oh. It's but better it's than Drive. Right. How can it be better than Drive? It it's so way good. better than Drive. It looked way worse. The editing <laughs> and the direction of the that movie is some of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's just really well Have done. Have you seen Edgar Wright's other movies? Yeah. Okay, because I oh, felt like I liked it. But that was the movie of his that I liked the least. Really? What else has he done? Uh, he did Shaun of the Dead, oh. uh, Hot Fuzz, okay. The World's End, The mm-hmm. End of the World, the one that's not the Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean movie. That World's <laughs> And uh, Scott Pilgrim. Mm. See, and I was glad because this one felt like a departure from his normal shtick, which is just like very much that. 
you know, nerdcore crowd, and this was okay. a kind of different. That's why I liked it less. <laughs> it felt like the first ten minutes was an Edgar Wright movie, and then it just became a normal movie. I liked it a lot because of the um, the, the action sequences were really good, but the character emphasis was uh, amazing, and the writing between all the secondary characters and everything was just so good. And I love the use of the music in it. I thought that was so powerful how they used the music and the choreography with all of it. Yeah. That's an Edgar Wright mainstay. Yeah. The it's really been rewarding to see and we watched that weird HBO show the one time that did this too, but to see like real arts and trades being practiced in movies again. Again, I don't know if that's been a thing or not. Seeing it recently has made me feel really good because they they have this lead character who's like this incredible dancer who can like he's doing all this crazy stuff but he's like a magnificent dancer. I'm like that's so cool that they would actually hire somebody who can actually you know dance probably dedicated you know time in their life like learning something like that and we saw that in the other show and I've always thought that that was so dumb when I see movies about magic and they fucking CG everything in the movie like, call up any fucking magician or anybody out in the world and inform your goddamn movie for like one second so that you have anything that looks reasonable in it instead of all this CG garbage I didn't realize you were part of the Magician's League Oh, you didn't? That's why there's not decks of cards all around. I knew you were a magician. Home. I didn't know you were part of the league. Not part of the league. I'm a loner magician. <laughs> the most dangerous kind. Anyway, so that's another reason I like Baby Driver. What else? We watched The Big Sick. You guys saw mm-hmm. it? The Big Sick. I haven't seen it yet. Did I'm you see it? it? Didn't see it. That was my favorite movie of the year. Really? Yeah. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I don't know if there's a whole lot to say about it. It yeah. was just a really funny, engaging, heart-filled movie. Mm-hmm. It was great. It's like the true story of this uh, comedian who's been in a lot of stuff recently. Um, and his... It's his girlfriend at the time, right? Yeah, I'm not Wait, sure how much of it... Yeah, yeah, don't worry spoilers. about it. Shut your yaps. I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of it is their real story and how much of it is, like, the... Based on a true story, but not really the true story. Yeah. The sort of yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the writing Take was it. a little weak at a couple points, and I was like, that's surprising. But it was, it was really good. Though. It's yeah. good. You should watch it. Yeah. All right. What else have we seen recently? I saw uh, the Disaster Artist the other night. Was it good? It was pretty good. Uh, it's so if you guys don't know, Disaster Artist is the. I know what it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrea everyone on the podcast knows exactly. They know exactly the story of the making of the room. So for everyone who isn't Andrea, what is the room? It is the The story. Citizen Kane of bad movies. It is the story of the making of the worst worst movie uh, movie that has ever existed. Oh wait, isn't the room with the? No, you're thinking of something else. You're thinking of the room, room, not the room. Room. All right. So it's James Franco and his brother being the director of the room, Tommy Wiseau, and uh, his friend Greg. And it tells the story of how they get to making the room. And it does a really good job of like showing you that Tommy Wiseau is a crazy person, <laughs> but also showing like that he's got humanity, which I didn't expect. And his impersonation of Tommy Wiseau is incredible. We're actually so 
humble brag, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the screening I went to, James Franco did a Q&A there for a couple of minutes. And while he was answering questions... Was he painting the whole time, too? No, but he was painting with his words because he would drop into the Tommy Wiseau accent and just, without any effort at all, just be like, oh, yeah, so... And do the Tommy Wiseau thing perfectly. And so it was fun just to see that. And a good impersonation. That's good. He doesn't quite have the facial expressions right because it's hard to make your face look like a rock. Like an alien? Yeah. Yeah. Do we know what's become of Tommy Wiseau? Is he still with us? Tens of dollars from the success of this movie. He's he just got a. I just read a. I, I yes, I just read a uh, a little article that was about a, a pilot of a TV show that he just made, and he was trying to describe what was going on, and the person was trying to have a conversation with them. Oh my god, everybody should look this up if you're even in, interested in this at all, um, because he sounds the the interview is incoherent. It's crazy. Like he sounds insane. He probably is, um, but it was—it's absolute insanity. The conspiracy theory is that Tommy Wiseau is actually a vampire. Oh, that sounds plausible. And it's probably the most <laughs> plausible conspiracy theory that has ever existed, because he seems like someone stuck out of time, with a weird Eastern European accent that you can't place, and a brain that doesn't seem to be human. So, disaster artist, good. Yes. Excellent. Andre, have you seen anything else recently? I saw Ingrid Goes West. How was that? It was good, actually. It really hit home, to be honest. Yeah? Tell us what it was about. It's Audrey Plaza from Parks and Rec, and she plays um, a young girl who's lost her mother, and she obsesses about uh, influencers on Instagram. Mm. It's pretty much a movie about Instagram. Wow. And, uh... James, ears perking up. (laughs) And she becomes obsessed with this one person, and she, like... She, like, infiltrates herself into their life, and then, uh, yeah, it's intense, but it's not, like, a thriller in any way. It's not, like, um, what is it? Single white female or whatever. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of a story about how people are these days, and they, like, put all of their emotions, and they think they know people on social media, and, uh, and then they, but really the person is just a person. Right, and they're not going to be your best friend and they don't really care about you and they're just like they don't have to either and it was good it's, it's a good. dark comedy right it's a dark comedy and humble brag Audrey, <laughs> Audrey Plaza was there and did a Q&A after the movie how the fuck wow. is how the fuck is saying that you attended a screening where the creator of the movie was also there bragging you didn't do jack shit like, oh, humble brag. I That's bumped the into... joke. That's why I'm making a joke of that. Oh, all right. Because that is a comedy podcast. <laughs> I don't know. It's who, great who comedy podcast. <laughs> Since when? Humble um, brag. All right. That like... sounds good. And in this day and age now, I feel like that's really important. I've been reading a lot about the the shock that people are experiencing when they're like, oh, no, my idol turned out to be like this pedophile sexual predator you know that was been just ever present in media or television for so long and how shocked people are about that like there i was reading something about like kevin spacey and how everybody was just like oh i couldn't even believe it oh my god and it's like i think people just forget that people are human especially when the only way they observe them is through like the television or like what do you expect that you know, you don't really know that person, right? Yeah. You have no, you don't know a fucking thing about Matt Lauer or <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. 
Weinstein or any of these people, yeah. you know? May, may I don't I, think I knew I, a single thing about Harvey Weinstein before I didn't that either. turned up. Now I could even give less shits about him. I'm going to quote George Carlin, someone I quote very often. I often quote him on the podcast if people are fucking dumb. Yes. But here's my other, another great George Carlin quote. <laughs> are you sick and tired of being told who your heroes ought to be? Mm. And so in other words, there's a very easy solution to this. And that is don't idolize anybody. Idolize ideas. Idolize movements. Idolize thoughts and actions that are good. But the minute you put someone on a pedestal, you're just setting them up for, I don't know, like, don't fucking idolize a person. Simple as that. Hey, did you do something good? All right, good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, good. Keep doing the good thing. Keep doing the good thing. I'll pay attention as you keep doing the good thing. But, I mean, it's it's the root of just the, the ridiculousness of sports fanaticism. And then you have to do mental gymnastics to rationalize why you like Tom Brady, even though he's a Trump supporter. You're like... The cognitive dissonance. Yeah, you have to do all this. You have to do all these like weird mental compartmentalization. Like fuck it, don't don't worship anybody. Right. You know, simple as that. (laughs) Movie news. (laughs) (laughs) With that, we're out of time. Fuck Lance Armstrong (laughs) and fuck Tiger Woods. (laughs) Actually, he says that too. I love it. Yeah, like it's beautiful. You know, like fuck those guys. That's the mantra of this podcast. Oh, you ride a bike. Oh, you ride a bike? Oh, you hit a little ball around? Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. <laughs> Loud on set with Kyle and James. <laughs> and today, Aaron, Andrea, and Kira. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Talking about movie news. Did you see any movies recently? Were they good? Did they suck? Let us know. Loud on the set at gmail.com. There you have it. Send us some, uh, some of your favorites. Let us know what's up in the movie world. Have a wonderful time. Really, uh, it's a real comedy <laughs> podcast. It's great. It's a good podcast. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs>